This is a podcast by The Business Times. Hello, this is Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money managing and wealth growing journey. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, from hedge funds to fine art and a whole lot in between, and the definition of alternative investments is increasingly becoming even grayer than that. But also, does it matter what the definition of alternative investments is? What does matter most then? And here's the thing, do we really need alternative investments? So for more insights, we're speaking to Daryl Ho, Senior Investment Strategist, Chief Investment Office at DBS. Daryl, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me back, Howie. Help us out with your definition then of alternative investment, because generally we think of it as private equity, venture capital, maybe hedge funds, managed futures, booze, arts and <laughs> antiques, real estate, that kind of thing. So alternative investments have a relatively loose definition. It is actually better to define it by what it is not. And in this case, alternatives are asset classes that are not traditional classes such as equities, bonds, or even cash. You know, basically everything that you had mentioned and more. But I would like to add that these investments uh, still have an expectation of value appreciation. You can't buy food or clothes that you consume and call it alternatives. Yeah. That you mentioned that is interesting because I'm sure some haute couture fashion have become collectibles as well, right? Oh, is that maybe a nascent industry or sector? I would say that is a very niche class of assets and you would probably need a lot of expertise. And if you had the expertise, then you could definitely use it to your advantage. But it is not something that I would say would be an advice that we would give the general man on the street to just jump into with their eyes closed. Again, it's always about due diligence and stick with what you know, that kind of thing, right? Exactly. So what about inflation, though? It's presented us with, or investors anyway, with a real problem, the need to protect our wealth from an erosion in value. So are you seeing, though, interest and demand in these alternative investments rise as a result? Like I said, booze and wine, whiskey, that kind of thing can actually help on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, investing in booze and wine can reap good dividends in non-monetary ways, if you get my drift. But I also didn't know and that, yeah, if you want its value to go up, you can't drink it. That's, that's also true. You have to have that bit of self-control. <laughs> but I would like to say uh, that there is definitely a rising interest in alternatives. The assets under management have grown from $4 trillion in 2010 to $11 trillion in 2019. And it, it is expected to hit uh, $17 trillion in 2025. And really, it's not difficult to see why. At its peak in 2020, uh, a good two years ago, there was more than $17 trillion in negative yielding bonds in the market, practically loss guaranteeing investment. Not only that, since QE, bonds have been increasingly correlated with risk assets. Now, as you say, with inflation close to 40-year highs, there is an urgent demand, not just for positive nominal returns, but positive real returns, meaning returns that beat inflation, and preferably with low correlations with the public markets as well. The track record with alternatives, such as private equity or even private debt, has shown that returns have been very promising over the longer run and have low to no correlations with your traditional equities and bonds. Again, that's the thing, right? Longer run. So we've got to think long-term and it's a long game. Exactly. You have to stick in it for, for the longer run to see the fruits of your investment labor. Alternative investments actually do require a longer-term investment horizon, which is one of the key marks of this type of investment class. 
In private equity, for example, you would notice that the returns are shaped in what you would call a J-curve, meaning that the initial years of the investment requires more capital outlays and drawdowns before turning positive in the later part of the investment horizon where you see higher cash inflows. So I would say you would actually, as an investor, have to look at the investment on a longer time frame and to only reap rewards uh, if you're patient enough to wait out the investment horizon. Right. And we're also seeing that research published by Connection Capital says that two-thirds of high net worth investors are now dedicating more than 10% of their portfolios to these alternative assets, 30% expecting to increase such holdings. What about us regular folk, Daryl? Should we be doing something similar maybe? What I found in my conversations with non-investment professionals is that the risk is not actually that they have too little, but too much alternatives. They say to me, Daryl, I don't invest in stocks, but all my savings are in luxury watches or cryptocurrency or expensive wines. And the risk is really that you are just one drunken party away from poverty. (laughs) So our message is that investors should really still have their core holdings, which is up to 80%, in public securities first and foremost. Investors should adopt a barbell approach in portfolio construction, with one side of the portfolio in growth equities and the other side in income generators. Right, this provides a balance of growth and income in your investments. And most importantly, the ability to raise liquidity in shorter notice should the needs arise. But we also recommend up to an 18% allocation to alternatives for a balanced portfolio. For us, we have traditionally used gold in our barbell construct as it has generally uncorrelated returns to equities and bonds and is also comparatively liquid. And this has done pretty well for our portfolio this year. What are some of the other dangers of alternative investments, Daryl, besides drinking them in some happy party or dinging it, you know, when you're not careful, like your luxury watch? Because I'd be worried about certain products not being able to be sold on a fluid market, especially given global conditions right now, plus that inflation. I think you have quite rightly pointed out that liquidity is one of the bigger risks of alternatives. Although uh, there are a rising number of fund of funds arrangements that serve as this liquidity bridge for an illiquid asset class. Meaning that these funds invest into a pool of alternatives, but manage investor cash injections and redemptions on a quarterly basis, for example. So yes, liquidity is a key risk. A second risk is the investment horizon. You would have to have a 7-10 to year gestation period before your investments bear fruit because, again, we see returns shaped in what they call a J-curve, meaning that the earlier part of your investment horizon requires capital outlays, but you get to reap the fruits at the end of your investment horizon as these turn into positive and higher cash inflows. The third risk, I would say, is actually in your fund manager selection. The outcome of alternative investment really hinges heavily on the manager's ability not only to identify the right investment opportunities, but also to have successful exit strategies. So it is important to pay attention to their track record. Exit strategy how? Might not be easy to offload, say, 15 luxury watches or, you know, 20 cases of some really rare wine. Yeah, for the managers that we are talking about here, their exit strategies generally would involve picking the right time to IPO to take advantage of the seed capital that has been invested over a period of time and see the fruits of it be realized in a public offering. Also, perhaps the managers need to know people to successfully do a strategic sale, for example, 
to monetize the investments that they have had over a preceding period of years. So I think this is the expertise, particularly for private equity, that we see managers need to have. Again, of course, if you're pretty good at exiting wine and exiting in the timing of luxury watches, uh, you will probably be very successful at making money. But again, these are very niche skills, similar to what we would see. The niche skills are also required for managers when they invest and exit in the private equity space. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. We're speaking to Daryl Ho, Senior Investment Strategist, Chief Investment Office at DVS. So Daryl, how can we prep ourselves? Let's say we're thinking about going into alternative investments. Is it, say, any different from due diligence for any other kinds of investing? I think there are three ways to do this preparation. Firstly, asset allocation, right? What does our whole investment portfolio look like? If we have, say, $800,000 in public securities, stocks and bonds, it means that we can have close to about $200,000 in alternatives for a million-dollar portfolio, for example. Then this $200,000 gives you a range of alternative assets that you can invest in, right? As, as we know, some deals, for example, do impose a minimum quantum of subscription. So $200,000 may not be enough for you in that regard to participate in certain deals. Secondly, you have to know your personal liquidity needs. Are there major needs that you may have within 7 to 10 years, such as buying a house or funding your child's education? This will limit you from participating in some private equity deals, which have long-term capital commitments as we had talked about before. So you may need to allocate less to alternatives or maybe to more liquid alternatives like gold ETFs, for example, And certainly, if you're holding a bunch of Rolex watches, uh, you might need to be able to get rid of them quickly if you're unaware of your liquidity needs in the short term. I feel fixated on that. How on earth is a person supposed to do that? But okay, maybe we should do a financial audit as well. Health check for alternative investment readiness kind of thing. Do we need to? I suppose when you look at the broad scope of what financial advisors do, they do need to know your risk tolerance before recommending you their appropriate products. So I think the idea with alternatives will be similar. You have to know your risk tolerance because uh, this again is an alternative asset class which will have a different risk return profile and you may have to be familiar with the type of drawdowns that you may observe over a longer period of time. The only additional layer we would like to emphasize with alternatives is that the investor needs to understand the investment horizon so that, again, the required capital commitments don't suddenly run into liquidity needs uh, from an individual standpoint. Okay, now it's feeling as though let's just keep them as alternatives. Do we really need them? Scared, you know, especially the risk averse, the people who are not so alternative, if you will, just more conservative investors. Well, I would put it this way, you know, do we always need dessert after having a full meal? Some would say it's, yeah, some would say it's unnecessary, but like you and me, I, we think it augments the entire experience of the meal, right? So similar with alternatives, your core portfolio under a barbell construct is like the main course that should stand you in good stead for the long run. But alternatives add that extra source of alpha and diversification to sweeten up your portfolio. I would also add that alternatives give an investor that extra excitement because 
your investments are generally at the forefront of innovation and change. And this helps you keep a pulse on how the world is evolving. So if you had to say, Daryl, foot to the fire, what are the best alternatives to get into and why? Well, Howie, I don't think there are best alternatives per se. So best in air quotes. Best in air quotes, exactly. I think it is important to invest in what you understand, right? So in that regard, the best alternatives for you might not be the same for someone else. For me, for example, right? I know people who have the expertise to invest in whiskey, in NFTs, in Rolex watches, and they make good money. Sneakers, maybe. Sneakers, yeah. Sneakers as well. You hit the nail on the head, right? And, and these people that we know make good money because they understand the markets. So if you have this competitive edge, why not use it? However, if you don't have an edge, you can rely on this old adage, right? That diversification is the only free lunch have your alternative eggs in several baskets within a core portfolio of equities and bonds in a barbell construct. And I think you'll be well positioned to ride through the volatility and let time compound for you good returns for the long run. You know what, Daryl, I think I'm just going to stick to wearing the sneakers, wearing the nice watch, having a sip of booze every now and then. Thank you so much for your time today. You're most welcome, Howie. Daryl Ho is Senior Investment Strategist, Chief Investment Office at DBS. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.